0: Upon receiving a cancer diagnosis, the patient typically faces many challenges including feeling confused overwhelmed and alone all of them are emotionally draining the gaps between the guidance emotional support and education that is needed and what one actually receives can be huge this podcast fills those gaps my name is Talia dindy and this is navigating cancer together <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talaya Dindi and today our special guest is Kelly Uren Moody. Kelly was diagnosed with cancer, head and neck cancer, or in other words, oral cancer, six and a half years ago. After spending most of her career in finance, she began attending school in 2013 to obtain the Certification in Health Coaching. Unfortunately, shortly after making this huge life change, she was faced with another huge life change, a cancer diagnosis. In 2016, she was told that the cancer was terminal. She is still here, thankfully, and she is having a lot of great, amazing things happen in her life. Today, Kelly shares her story with people all over the world to provide hope and help to those who are facing cancer. She is a very great example of how to Mm. face it head on. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Saleya.
1: It's very nice to be here and to see you again. It's good to see you. It's good to see you and talk with you. Yep.
0: So tell us, Kelly, a little bit about your story.
1: Well, um, as you mentioned, um, I had a couple of different careers, and um, I decided I wanted to, now I'm also a type 1 diabetic, so I decided I wanted to get my health in a little bit of a better place. Um, My blood sugars weren't quite as good as I would have liked them to be, so um, I started on uh, more of a health regimen, and I found that I really enjoyed doing it, and I thought, Now, I wonder if there would be a way that I could help others that are trying to lose weight or feel better, or especially diabetics, both type 1 and type 2, and I found a school in New York, and I took all my classes online, and I got certified, and I was so excited. Now, health coaching isn't the easiest career to get into, but I found a weight loss company five minutes 10 minutes from my home. And um, they weren't looking for someone initially. But then um, by a year later, I got a call from them and they asked if I would be interested in coming in and things worked out great. And I was there. well, before, prior to that happening, I was diagnosed with the cancer. So that mm-hmm. would have been in 2014. They hired me in 2015. And by that point, um, I had a couple surgeries and um, everything seemed to be on the, the up look. And um, in 2015, unfortunately, the cancer made its return. Mm-hmm. And um, this time it settled into my jaw. So I needed to have a partial jaw replacement. They were so good to me at work, though. And um, I just didn't realize that what that would all entail. I was in the hospital for about eight weeks, and I had a trache mm-hmm. tube. Um, once I got out of the hospital, um, then I did radiation. I did about um, 30 rounds of radiation. Wow. And... Um, Unfortunately, the following summer, the cancer made a return again. And this time it made it to two separate sets of lymph nodes, one in the base of my skull on the left side and mm-hmm. some in my neck on the right side. And I was told that the cancer was terminal. Um, so I um, i was told to kind of make my final plans, make any, um, if you want to go away, it's best to do it now. Um, you know, I had to go home and, and tell my family, and I didn't know how I was going to do that. But um, it, um, you, as you'll find out, things have a way of. I put it in God's hands, and I can,
0: you know, get you up to date on what happened after that. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. And when you talked with your family and you told them what was going on, how um, were you able to do that? And then did it change the dynamic of your relationships? Oh, sure it did. Um, well, I came home to tell
1: my Scott first. I was with my cousin the day I got the news and I don't even remember that car ride home. It was just surreal, to say the least. Um Scott was already well aware that I was having some new issues. I had to have more teeth pulled. My teeth were becoming loose at an alarming rate. And I knew that that just, at the time I was, I think, 48 years old. And I thought there's something just not right about this. And um, so I had to have more teeth pulled. And um, I came home to tell Scott the news. you know, some people might think, why didn't he go with you? You know, I didn't want him with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that he would um, break down emotionally. I had my cousin with me. She's a, she's a a tough one. And I, I I was happy, but as soon as I got home, he was there and I could tell by the look on his face, he already knew. We both cried. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, I said, now, how am I going to tell my mother? And um, thankfully, my brother and my sister um i told both of them i have another sister as well but i told my brother and one of my sisters and they both agreed to go with me and i sat her down and i put it to her like this i said listen all we have is one day, we Mm -hmm. don't have tomorrow, we don't have yesterday, because tomorrow's not here yet, yesterday's gone, and if I choose to live in next week or next year, I'm going to have myself dead and buried already, and I don't want to do that, I don't want to live, and you know, maybe I can't work, but I can do other things, I can go and go and take some trips. Um, You know, I can walk down the street and and smell some flowers. Um, And so um, we left it at that.
0: We left it at that. That is a very hard thing. Not only is it hard for you as the person who has received the diagnosis to digest what you've heard and accept it, But it's also hard to tell your family and friends as well. For you, why do you think that was something that was hard to do? Um, I think for me, it was actually hard for me to
1: process everything. Mm -hmm. When I first got cancer, um, I really felt like it was sort of a blip on the radar. Not Not to discount anyone with cancer, but for me, it was like okay, I have cancer, they did a couple surgeries, and on, I can't remember which surgery it was, maybe the third one, some cancer cells had been left behind, and Mm -hmm. after the surgery, Scott asked my doctor, is she in remission, and instead of saying yes, he gave us a thumbs up, and I'm Mm -hmm. not really sure why that was, maybe because he didn't want to have to tell me, oh, yes, you're in remission, because he really didn't know, Um, but when he did that, I thought, I'm good to go. I'm cancer-free. Life goes on. I'll just be, you know, it, it's, I can say I had cancer, but I don't have it anymore. And that
0: certainly wasn't the case. Um, is, so is that when you realized um, that you were in for the long road, when did it occur to you that this was not going to be something that ended after treatment? Um, when did you realize that it was going to be l- a long process?
1: Well, this might sound very naive, but some of, some people may truly understand this. You know, I had um, multiple surgeries. I, as you know, I had a partial jaw replacement. I had mm-hmm. a trache tube for seven weeks. Uh, then I went through radiation, but no one ever said. Kelly you have four to six months left no one ever Mm -hmm. said those words Mm
0: -hmm. but the
1: day I went in to see my plastic surgeon and he was very late coming into the room to speak with my cousin and I I, a physician's assistant came in and I said to her can you please tell me where the doctor is I'm getting very nervous and she said Mm -hmm. he's on his way and she um looked up my chart and I said is there anything in there that would reveal that anything new is wrong and she said it does say squamous cell carcinoma." and I said mm-hmm. uh-huh I, I know those words and I cried and when the doctor came in he said I apologize I had to get a doctor out of surgery so that we could talk to you mm-hmm. and he said it's it's not good I said mm-hmm. well in what way don't don't lie to me just say it and he said well I'm gonna put it to you like this. You have four to six months left, unless you do chemo, but that might only buy you another six or eight months. So you need to decide. He said, but before you say no to the chemo, maybe you could meet with the oncologist just because you never know. And he put what really hit home for me, because doctors don't normally show their bedside manner in the way that he did, but he put his arms around me and he said, I'm so sorry. And for the first time, in my mind, I said, whew, I'm going to die. This is going to, this is it. There's no, um, there's no, I mean, where do I go from here? I've had reprieve after reprieve. I've had how many of my nine lives that, you know, maybe the cat has. And I've blown through how many so far I -hmm. think I'm done. And so that's when it hit home for me.
0: Wow. That that has to be tough. And I've talked to many people that have been told that they have four months, six months, a year, two years. And a lot of those people are still here. So it's hard to hear that. But the reality is we really don't know how much time any of us have whether you have a cancer diagnosis or not Mm -hmm. and so you touched on how you felt when you received those words of course understandably you were upset and grieving very understandable how did your family respond when you shared that with them
1: um well as I told you before, um uh, my mother had a really hard time with it. And I think she wanted to pretend like it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And she she can tend to be that way. And I didn't want to continually bring it up with her. I thought we don't need to talk about it. If she wants to talk about it, I'd be more than happy to. But um I would call her and I would just tell her, you know, um I, I did end up, I can back up for a minute. I did end up seeing the oncologist and he convinced mm-hmm. me to do some chemo. He said, listen to me, these are time frames, They're not written in stone and you yes. never know what could happen. Mm-hmm. So I agreed to do the chemo and I think she was happy in that. Um, and, and the other thing was, um, she, um, her husband is, is a lovely man and he, um, he really cares about me and they would come to treatments with me and they'd sit with me. I think it made her feel better just to see me. And, um, they would come to visit me in the hospital when I had my trach tube and we'd take walks down the hallway. I think just seeing me and realizing that, yes, I have this disease and maybe I'm not going to be here. But for today, I'm here and I might be sick from chemo and I might not be able to see you today because I can't get out. But mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm doing the best I can. And I think for her, she carried that with her and it really helped Um, the rest of my family. um, you know, we all handle things in our own way. And I would get calls from them, hey, how are you doing? Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was hard for them to see me. And a lot Mm -hmm. of them chose not to. And I would get angry, but then I would think, how would I deal with it if one of them were going through it? It, It's hard to see somebody like that. Mm -hmm. And we only know what we know. We don't know any different. And I, I could be angry or be, but there's no place for that. Um, right. you know, Scott and I had our, our issues with it. He was my caretaker and he dealt with a lot, you know, getting me into nursing homes and, and, um, making sure my bills were paid when I was in the hospital. I can't say enough about him. And he, um, I always say he's my, my ride or die because, um, <laughs> I, you know, he's been amazing. I don't know how he does it all, but, um, He's had moments where, and which is why he sometimes will take a step back and go, "I, I, I just, you know, especially with the doctors, because he wants to yell at everybody, because that's just his way of, you know." But he'll say to me, "I'm here for you. I do anything for you, and I know that's true." So um, things, things are good. He's been wonderful. So.
0: That's great. We all need that ride or die person in our life. So that's amazing that you have that kind of support. And I also love how you told your mother that I'm doing the best that I can. I mm-hmm. think it's so important to tell the people in our lives when they tend to get frustrated or they feel like they are, are helpless, saying I'm doing the best that I can do. I, I think that those are so those words are so powerful and they're so raw and so real. And you're talking about what is happening in that moment. Right now, at this moment, I'm doing the best that I can. And I I keep repeating this because I think it's important for the listeners out there to get comfortable telling their friends and loved ones and their employer or whoever it is that I am doing the best that I can and it's okay. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. And Kelly, um, do you want to touch on a couple of things that uh, you mentioned earlier? And just give a little bit of advice for the audience and the listeners out there. A lot of people may not have the support that you have been getting from your family. Sometimes family members don't show up. Sometimes, you know, they don't, they stop calling. What are some things that you've seen, heard, and experienced or seen other people experience? And what advice do you have for those people that may not be getting the support they need?
1: Well, you know, and I I have told you before that I am am in a couple of um, cancer groups on Facebook And there are days where I have to walk away because some of it, it it's hard because, but I, I remind myself I've been through it and if I can lend a hand in any way, there are people that have no one. They have no one to go to the treatments with them. They have no one to drive them. They have um, you know, family just does not understand. And I, I know I've been through that. And um, sometimes I have to take a step back from family because um, I'm still dealing with a lot of um, treatment um, side effects. And my family, I think when I finally went through an immunotherapy, and I think when I did, um, It did prolong my life. Um, The cancer quit or the the chemo quit working. So I went on an immunotherapy. Now that put me in the hospital for about three months as well. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that. A lot of times our families think, you look better, you've gained weight, you're good to go. Why are you still so tired? Or why are you still not eating? Or why this or why that? And I remind people, our families don't see us every day. Mm -hmm. They don't see me when I get up in the morning I say, today's not going to be, I have to really, um, you know, really maybe take a nap this afternoon. I'm just, I don't have it today. Or um, I'm dealing with some issues from lymphedema, which... Um, you probably know what that is as well. And, you know, the lymph fluids don't flow like they used to, especially if you've had surgery or you've had lymph nodes removed, which I've had, you know, all of that. The cancer went to my lymph nodes and I've had lots of swelling and it's affecting other parts of my body. Now, no one might not everyone would look at me and go you look like you don't feel well but there are days where i can't move my head really that well um my arm doesn't work properly you know the lymphedema or the the scar tissue on my tongue i now have scar tissue in my my lungs from uh radiation and um you know there's just a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't so i tell people that's what we're here for in the group or you, you may want to reach out to your um, maybe a health insurance company. There's a lot of good programs that could help. Or even the American Cancer Society, I'm sure there are a lot of programs that might even help you with rides to treatments mm-hmm. or maybe a support person to go with you because you might think, but that's a stranger. But you'd be surprised how you can strike up a conversation with mm-hmm. people and you become lifelong friends. And mm-hmm. I've met so many people that have really impacted my life that I consider my friends now
0: because of that. So, mm-hmm. and that's a great point because what I've learned in the people that I support is that they're more open and willing to talk to me, someone they don't know, more than they are their family. And that's for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that the main reason is. They don't want to upset them. They don't want them to continue to worry. They just feel like there are certain things that they just can't share with them. So that's a great point, Kelly. Reach out and get the support that you need. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. someone you know. Yep. I love that. And then too, you made another great point. A lot of things go on behind the scenes. Yes. People do not know about I think Correct. that it is so important to touch on that a little bit more especially in the workplace when people go back to work or they they've never left and they're still trying to work while they're getting treatment and things like that and they may look fine on the outside but that doesn't mean that everything is going well behind the scenes or in or on the inside so that's another thing that the listeners, I really want them to take with them as well, is that what you see is not always what you get.
1: Correct. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. And so how are things in your life now? What have you been up to?
1: Well, I have been doing a lot of writing. So um, I guess about a year and a half ago now, I started a website. And what I was going to do with that, I really wasn't sure yet. But I thought, (laughs) you know, I like to write. I Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call myself a writer, but I started writing blog posts. Um, I had a wonderful young lady named Kelly set up my website. She did an amazing job. And um, so I started writing a weekly blog post. Now, in the meanwhile, while I was going through um, the cancer treatments and, and, and being in um, doing chemo, I started keeping a journal. And Mm -hmm. my Scott said to me one day, you know, you ought to turn that into a book. So Mm -hmm. I originally wrote it as an autobiography, but it, it really dealt with more than I wanted. I really wanted to pare it down to kind of what my blog posts were about. My cancer, how I can help people, um, how I can use humor to um, help me get through a really bad day, or maybe I can help somebody else who's just having a really bad day. And my thought too was when I was going through chemo, the last thing I wanted to do was read the book because I was sick so much. I couldn't do Mm -hmm. anything really. So I thought, what could somebody read that maybe could be just a blog post for one day and carry a thought with them through that day? And Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to use my blog post as the book. So I'm writing some new ones. um, But that's what I've been working on. I'm I'm working with an editor now. She's a wonderful young lady named Michelle. And um, we've struck up a really good um, relationship with each other. And um, I was actually writing before you and I started talking today, which Mm -hmm. I'll I'll get back to later. But Mm -hmm. I, I have days where I get a writer's block but I had to remind myself why I'm doing this mm-hmm. and to use my own voice not to compare to anyone else it's my story and yes. um I'm hoping that you know the people and it's it could be for it's it's based on my head and neck cancer but it can be for anyone with cancer or their families they're just trying to
0: get through another day Absolutely. so that's what I've been working on full time great that is wonderful i can't wait to read it i'm I'm so excited your blog is really good as well it's very therapeutic as you mentioned for anyone that has received a cancer diagnosis so and i also want to encourage family members and friends and loved ones of someone who's been diagnosed to check out kelly's blog as well and we'll get more information on that before we end this episode um, so I'd like to end by asking my guests two questions. Okay. You've kind of touched on one of them, but the first one is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the listeners?
1: Um, I talk about this a lot. Um, well, there's two things, and you and I already discussed one of them, which is one day at a time, and I'm so grateful to have learned what that truly means. I don't have yesterday. I don't have tomorrow. All I have is today. I can plan for tomorrow. But as far as, oh, I know this is going to happen or that's going to, just let it flow. If it doesn't work out, I make a plan for every day. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. If I don't get everything done, that's okay. I always have tomorrow. But I know today, my feet are firmly planted on the ground. I, I don't, plan on going anywhere I'm going to be here and tomorrow who knows as you said before we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow anything could happen but the other thing I wanted to mention was my very favorite word which is gratitude um, <laughs> I'm one of those and I'm sure we a lot of us are like this um, taking life for granted what yes. about me and what about me and why and, and you know after I got sick yeah i was i was angry i was angry for quite a while and i still Mm -hmm. um have days where i think what has happened in these almost seven years it went Mm -hmm. by in like a blip and now that i'm writing i'm reliving a lot of it which has been difficult even though i'm doing it it for a a good reason Mm -hmm. but um I remind myself at the end of every day, I pray every night and I thank God for my day because no matter how it went, I always think, what was one good thing that happened today? And I really like doing that because it reminds me you know what? There are people out there that have no home, have no friends, have no family. And I have all of that. And am I grateful? I am grateful, and I always say to myself, God knew I could handle more than I thought I could, and Mm -hmm. we'll get through it together. And that might sound kind of cliche, a lot of people say that, but that's truly what having cancer has taught me.
0: That's wonderful. And I truly believe as well, Kelly, that everything circles back around to gratitude, especially on those tough days, finding that one thing, one, two, however many, there's usually at least one thing to be grateful for each day. And so that is great advice, Kelly. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. We kind of touched on the second question and it's okay. what's next for you. Is there anything else you want to add to what's next besides your book?
1: Well, um, <laughs> actually, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm just going <laughs> to say it. I, I, I've been writing and writing and I saw huh, I I don't want to quit writing. So book number two, now, as you know, book number one (laughs) isn't quite complete yet, but we're working on it. So I've already got some titles floating around for book number two, because why not? Um, not? I've written a couple of um, stories for uh, different, uh, I wrote for one publication. They, They. published it. I I wrote one for Chicken Soup for the Soul, but from what they've told me, it may be a very lengthy process. So I, I sent the story to them about five months ago, but they say it could take up to two years. So, um, that's what I'm doing too I'm writing some uh, freelance um, stories as well so I do that Um, I've kind of put my um, blog post on my website on hold because I'm doing so much writing for my book Mm -hmm. I'll write for that now but you know this would make a really good story for the book I should probably throw it over that way so that's Mm -hmm. been put on hold but I will get back to it so probably to answer your question book number two
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's exciting Mm -hmm. and and you have something else to look forward to which is always important yes and Kelly I am so glad and so grateful that we have met I'm so grateful that you're still here with us and I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story and your message if people want to learn more about you or if they have questions, where can they find you?
1: Well, um, I am on Twitter. I'm under Kelly Uren Moody. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, you can find me there. I'm also under Kelly Uren Moody. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, 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 I'm under Kelly Uren Moody on all of them. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, and if you choose LinkedIn, would probably be a good place. Um, it's more of a, um, you know, they can they can ask me some questions, or even on Facebook, I can. Um, I also have actually on Facebook the best place for them to find me would be under Face It Head On. That's my um, that's my um, business side of my Facebook account under Face It Head On.
0: Wonderful.
1: So feel free to to get in touch. I'd be happy to chat
0: with anyone. Okay, Kelly. And where can they find your blog? Oh, my blog is faceitheadon.com. Wonderful, wonderful. You guys go check out Kelly's blog, faceitheadon.com. She has a lot of very helpful and informative uh, blog posts there. Again, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Julia. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you for joining us today. That's it for this Wednesday. Until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks. I hope this episode filled you with hope, inspiration, and information. If you enjoyed the content and found it helpful, please leave a review, rating, and subscribe to the show. It will help others find us so we can share this very important information. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your support and join us for the next episode. Until then, let's keep navigating cancer together. Thank you.